Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob. And I'm reading today from the Free Grace Broadcaster. That's a quarterly put out by the people at Mount Zion Bible Church in Pensacola, Florida. The topic this quarter has been conscience, and to speak on it today, we read the words of Charles Spurgeon, and I don't need to tell you who Charles Spurgeon was. Let me read just one quick article by him, and then I want to do something else if you have the time. There is yet another class, he begins, and then the note right away. The author has mentioned um, classes of people who take up religion for different reasons, uh, those who do so to be respectable, those who desire to be considered preeminently uh, saints and who take it up for what they can get by it. And then there's yet another class, says Spurgeon. And when I have referred to them, I will mention no more. These are the people who take up with religion for the sake of quieting their conscience. And it is astonishing how little of religion will sometimes do that. Some people tell us that if in the time of storm men would pour bottles of oil upon the waves, there would be a great calm at once. Well, I've never tried it, and it is most probable I never shall, for my organ of credulity is not large enough to accept so extensive a statement. But there are some people who think that they can calm the storm of a troubled conscience by pouring a little of the oil of a profession about religion upon it. It is amazing how wonderful an effect this really has. I've known a man who was drunk many times in a week and who got his money dishonestly. Yet he always had an easy conscience by going to his church or chapel regularly on Sunday. We've heard of a man who could devour widows' houses, Matthew twenty-three fourteen. A lawyer who could swallow up everything that came in his way, and yet he'd never go to bed without saying his prayers. That stilled his conscience. We've heard of other persons, especially among the Romanists, who would not object to thieving, but who would regard eating anything but fish on a Friday as a most fearful sin, supposing that by making a fast on the Friday, all the iniquities of all the days in the week would be put away. They want the outward forms of religion to keep the conscience quiet. For conscience is one of the worst lodgers to have in your house when he gets quarrelsome. There is no abiding with him. He's an ill bedfellow, ill at lying down and equally troublesome at, at rising up. A guilty conscience is one of the curses of the world. It puts out the sun and takes away the brightness from the moonbeam. A guilty conscience casts a noxious exhalation through the air, removes the beauty from the landscape, the glory from the flowing river, the majesty from the rolling floods. There's nothing beautiful to the man that has a guilty conscience. He needs no accusing. Everything accuses him. Hence, people take up with religion just to quiet them. They take the sacrament sometimes. They go to a place of worship. They sing a hymn now and then. They give a guinea to a charity. They intend to leave a portion in their will to build almshouses. And in this way, conscience is lulled asleep. They rock conscience to and fro with religious observances until there he sleeps while they sing over him the lullaby of hypocrisy. 
and he wakes not until he shall wake with that rich man who were was here clothed in purple, but in the next world did lift up his eyes in hell, being in torments, without a drop of water, to cool his burning tongue. What then is it for which we ought to run in this race? Why, heaven, eternal life, justification by faith, the pardon of sin, acceptance in the beloved, glory everlasting. If you run for anything else than salvation, should you win, what you have won is not worth the running for. Oh, I beseech every one of you, make sure work for eternity. Never be contented with anything less than a living faith in a living Savior. Rest not until you are certain that the Holy Spirit is at work in your souls. Do not think that the outside of religion can be of use to you. It is just the inward part of religion that God loveth. Seek to have a repentance that needeth not to be repented of, a faith that looks alone to Christ and will stand by you when you come into the swellings of Jordan. Seek to have a love that is not like a transient flame, burning for a moment and then extinguished, but a flame that shall increase and increase and still increase, until your heart shall be swallowed up therein, and Jesus Christ's one name shall be the sole object of your affection. We must, in running the heavenly race, set nothing less before us than that which Christ did set before him. He set the joy of salvation before himself, and then he did run, despising the cross, enduring the shame. So let us do, and may God give us good success, that by his good spirit we may attain unto eternal life through the resurrection of Jesus Christ our Lord. That was from a sermon delivered on Friday afternoon, June 11, 1858, on the grandstand at Epsom Racecourse in England. Incredible. Well, that ends the Free Grace Broadcaster of Fall 2022. If you've got a few minutes, could I do just a little more? I say it ended it, but in fact, after all of these major articles that I read to you, there's quite often, a, anyway, a, a minor article that, that is a jewel at times. Here's David Dixon, Conscience, as it doth respect ourselves, is the understanding power of our souls, examining how matters do stand between God and us, comparing his will revealed with our state, condition, and carriage, and thoughts, words, or deeds, done or omitted, and passing judgment thereupon as the case requires. Or Thomas Brooks, he takes the best and the wisest course under heaven to preserve his good name in the world, and to maintain the peace of his conscience, who is most studious and industrious to abstain from all appearances of evil. Edmund Calamy says, In these unconscionable days, most people make no conscience to sin against conscience. Some have sinned so long against conscience that they have lost all conscience of sin. And then after, let me see, I'm just paging through the book right now to let you in on some of these great quotes. Again, Edmund Calamy says, There are four sorts of consciences, some bad and unquiet, some bad and quiet, some good and unquiet, 
some good and quiet. For a conscience to be bad and quiet is the worst temper that can be. It's better to have a bad unquiet than a bad and quiet conscience. Better to have a tormenting hell in the soul than a fool's paradise. The best frame of conscience is the good and quiet conscience. This is a paradise upon earth, a mansion for the Trinity to dwell in. And then there's Samuel Annesley, the seared conscience, such as theirs who have given their names to Christ, but lift their heel against him, of which the apostle speaks, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, that is, having a corrupt and putrefied conscience that has the devil's brand mark upon it. Plainly, a seared conscience is a rotten, venomous, ulcerated, pestilent, filthy, gangrenated conscience. It doth not perform any of its offices, but is even past feeling. It might have been in Christ's hospital under cure of soul distempers, but through indulging of sin and not being able to endure the sharp convictions, bitter reproofs, and close exhortations of the word, he deadens his conscience unto an insensible senselessness. To this rank of profligate sinners I refer all those that frequent ordinances as well as those that reject them, that make a profession of religion as well as those that hate the profession, and yet have a reserve of sin with which they will not part. Searing, you know, is of the part that needs cure. For cure, seriously set yourselves against those particular ways of sinning that have brought you to this. You know them. There's not any one that hath a seared conscience, but he doth or may easily know how it came so. It is but one or two sorts of sins that are eminently mischievous to our souls in this case. Though a seared conscience is worse than a sleepy conscience, yet as it is more easily discernible, so it is but reasonable you should more speedily and vigorously set upon the cure. Take heed of accounting any sin small, lest at last you account not any sin great. Sirs, God hath been your physician, and hath used a variety of remedies. If nothing will prevail, and you industriously singe your consciences to make them senseless, as sure as God is true, he will make you sensible of your sin by everlasting burnings. And then another word from Charles Spurgeon. If my conscience bears witness with me that I am a partaker of the precious grace of salvation, then happy am I. Now moving on through the book here, I see Edmund Calamy again. Conscience is God's preacher in our bosoms, and it is a most certain rule that the man who will not regard the preacher in his bosom will never regard the preacher in the pulpit. And the reason why the preacher in the pulpit doeth no more good is because the preacher in the bosom is so much despised and neglected. Oh, incredible. Little words. What else have we got here? Stay with me. I'm almost finished. John, no. Martin Luther, my conscience is captive to the word of God. I cannot and will not recant anything, for to go against conscience is neither right nor safe. I'm sure you've heard that one before, and we'll hear it again. 
Richard Sibbs, we should not sin in hope of concealment. What if thou conceal it from all others? Canst thou conceal it from thy own conscience? As one saith well, what good is it for thee that none knows what is done when thou knowest it thyself? What profit is it for him who hath a conscience that will accuse him that he hath no man to accuse him but himself? He is a thousand witnesses to himself. Conscience is not a private witness. It is a thousand witnesses. Therefore, never sin in hope to have it concealed. It is better that all men should know this than that thyself should know it. All will be one day written in thy forehead. Conscience will be a blab. If it cannot speak the truth now, though it be bribed in this life, it will have power and efficacy in the life to come. Never sin, therefore, in hope of concealment. Conscience is a witness. We have the witness in us. And, as Isaiah saith, our sins testify against us. It is in vain to look for secrecy. Conscience will discover all. Once more, Edmund Calamy, conscience is a private judgment day before the public day of judgment. And it is a bad sign that most people will never stand upright in the court of heaven because they stand accused and condemned in the court of conscience. Charles Spurgeon once more, Jesus Christ has offered so all-sufficient a satisfaction for all the claims of injured justice that now God hath no fault to find with his children. He seeth no sin in Jacob, nor iniquity in Israel, nor is he angry with them on account of their sins. A peace unbroken and unspeakable being established by the atonement that Christ hath made on their behalf. Hence flows a peace experienced in the conscience. For when the conscience sees that God is satisfied and is no longer at war with it, then it also becomes satisfied with man. And conscience, which was wont to be a great disturber of the peace of the heart, now gives its verdict of acquittal. And the heart sleeps in the arms of conscience and finds a quiet resting place there. Well, I think we're going to let it go at that. Thank you so much for being here, as always. Uh, do remember that we have some other things here at the site. We have over 3,000 audios featuring some of the church's great preachers, persecution stories from North Korea in English and Korean, Bible studies on a number of subjects, and a blog. If you desire more fellowship than that, please consider visiting my YouTube channel known as Pasture Lands, buying one of my books at Amazon.com or contacting me at bob.j.faulkner.72 at gmail.com. And I'll share details of our Zoom meetings. Thank you so much for being with us today. And uh, this audio is being released on the 28th of September, 2022. Lord willing, we get to talk again real soon. Bye-bye.